Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The final out has been made. Let's talk about what just happened. The good and the bad. It's time for the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove, with the franchise, Tim Allen, on the fan. If you need doors and windows, go to PellaWI.com. It is a final the game and the doubleheader today. And the results are, well, one not so good, one really good. So we'll focus on the really good. Six zip, the Brewers take the nightcap and welcome in everybody. It is the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. There's Sam Schmitz. My name is Tim Allen, and the Brewers get a 6-0 victory in game two. They needed that. I will say that. And I know prior to the game, we were talking uh, on uh, on the air about uh, Aaron Ashby and and you know how really uh, I uh, how I was looking forward to seeing his performance here tonight, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. But uh, the results good, four scoreless for Aaron Ashby, and and looked like he had much more confidence. I would have liked to have seen maybe a little more aggressive nature because that pitch count did work up. A little bit. We're going to hear from Craig Council. I'm sure he's got a lot of good things to say about Ashby. And I, I just wonder, as we were talking, uh, Sam, after game one, about uh, whether or not he could take the path of a Corbin Burns or a Brandon Woodruff and possibly be in that bullpen down the stretch here. It, it will be interesting. There's no doubt. And uh, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm sure Craig Council has a lot of good things to say. Uh, we are live here in the Lakeland University studios with online learning in seven locations throughout the state. Learn on your terms, lakeland.edu. And they get the victory six zip. And I thought for a while there, guys, that you know they were going to waste a lot of foot traffic on the bases in this game too. You know, nobody could come up with that hit, that that uh, you know that home run or the you know, bases clearing uh, double or two run double, but they. You know, sort of uh, henpecked their way through a little bit, and then you saw uh, that three-run sixth inning, and uh, then then the lights were out at at that point. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. Rowdy Telez uh, had a two-run homer in this one. That really was the knockout blow. You're up three zip, but yeah, that's still fairly close. Safe situation. You're going to have to go with your guys in the back end of that bullpen, and Rowdy hits that two-run home run, and you hear the Rowdy chants in Pittsburgh. And we're going to have that highlight for you coming up in just a little while, but that is there's something to be said about that, guys. As Brewer Fever is starting to catch. Now, with this victory, they're 71 and 47, back to that high water mark, and now back to with the Reds lost today, back to 8 games over in the National League Central. And that's really Really what we need to keep our eyes on. Certainly we want to see the Brewers uh, continue to play good baseball. And, and we will talk about the offense a little bit here. There doesn't seem to be big voids in this offense one through eight. It, it just doesn't seem that way. Now, again, offenses can be volatile, and they, uh, you know, they, they can surprise us a lot. But in terms of you know, the last couple of months even, I mean, there's enough sample size in there to say, you know, boy, there doesn't seem to be a lot of holes in this lineup. And and I would agree with that, all the way down to Lorenzo Cain being your eight hitter. And so I I, uh, 
I got to say that, you know, the, the offense prognosis, if you will, down the line looks really good. I was impressed with this Brewers offense coming into the season. What you have to remember, that was Luis Arias at shortstop. That was Travis Shaw at third base. It was Keston Hira at first base. I mean, th- think about how these things have changed. You know, that was uh, Avi Garcia coming off a really, really rough year last year. Omar Narvaez in the catcher spot coming off a really, really rough year and challenging year, not just for them, for a lot of different players. And then Christian Yelich, everyone's asking if he could bounce back. But I still had high hopes for this offense. And where might be your confidence level in this offense at this point now? Because with the changes, you certainly have made some stellar moves. I mean stellar moves. And, and the, the uh, linchpin uh, of all of them has been uh, the acquisition of Adamas. I mean, things changed. on They pivoted on a dime uh, in that third week of May. But Escobar added, Rowdy Telez added, and then you got healthier. You got additionally, you did get the, the aforementioned Avi Garcia and Omar Narvaez to step back up to be the offensive players that they always were, which were decent offensive players. In fact, Avi had his uh, 21st home run in tonight's victory, and that's a new career high for Avi Garcia. You know, is his uh, batting average up into the middle to upper 260s, maybe 270 range? Omar Narvaez, 290 range? That's why I had high hopes coming in. But if there were any doubts from Brewers fans on this offense, I think they've been cleared by now. 414-799-1250. I would hope that they're cleared by now. I'm not saying that they're, they're going to be um, the best in baseball, but they're trending in a right direction in which it would be way more than enough for a deep run to a World Series, if not into and winning the World Series. That's just the trend that they're on. I'm not saying that that's what they will be, but that's what where they're trending now, and, and for a couple of different reasons, one of which, the ball's in play. That would be one of the reasons why this offense is much improved. One of the reasons would be the personnel. One of the reasons would be how Craig Council is utilizing these guys. That might be as important as any of them. And the other would be uh, the, other would be the um, adjustment to hitting the breaking balls. This team was not good against off-speed pitching earlier in the season. Now you make those adjustments, and, and you're seeing a lot of this. You know, they, um, they were saying the strikeouts are down for this team, and, and they are. And, and some would say quite dramatically. But... This has not changed for anybody that uh, is, is sort of leaning on being a purist or a traditionalist. All the launch angle, long ball era, even through all that, some of us still continue to say, stop striking out. And I think that's where it starts here. It does start with, with getting the balls in play and tough at bats. And I think, I think one of the catalysts of that has been Omar Narvaez. He's been a guy that's just been a rough out. We, we always look at the Pittsburgh Pirates. They, they don't strike out much. Tough guy to strike out each and every time, you know, half their lineup comes up. That's been what the other guys have been saying against Omar Narvaez this season. Tough dude to strike out. Always fouling off good pitches. Always taking you five, six, seven, eight, nine pitches deep. So the offense in this, in this regard Man, I'm telling you guys, you have to be pretty excited about the way this offense has turned around. Now, on the other side, there are some fans that have been poking uh, at me a little bit by saying, you know, you're you're beating up on some of these smaller teams, uh, lesser talented teams, and that that may that that's correct. Yes, there's there's some degree of truth to that for sure. But I I will say this that if if you didn't do this, then what would you say? So it's, it's almost like you, you, can't, you can't win either way. So you, so you rough up on, on uh, the, the lesser talent, and then you don't get credit, and then you're big-time discredited if you don't. Yeah, 
Uh, I'm not sure about that one. So we have an eight-game lead as we look at the National League Central standings. At what point now, Sam, and I'll start with you, at what point do you feel secure that this is over? You and I just checked the schedule. We just eyeballed that Cincinnati Red series, and that's going to be a week from this Tuesday, and that's the 24th of August. I think at that point, if you're eight games up after that series, where's that comfort zone for you? Because that'd be, what, the 26th of August. Tim, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask, and you're probably going to hate my response because Rami and I have been going back and forth on the same topic for the past couple of days, and we're pretty much at a 10 out of 10. We are, I'm very confident, and, you know, we've done this dance with the Reds the entire year and all that, and, yes, they're playing very hot baseball right now, the hottest they've ever been this year right now. But, um, yeah, I guess, so if I had to put a date on it, I guess, you know, after that Reds series in the next two weeks, if they do win two out of three or sweep them, that's my knockout blow there. I would say that if it's eight on September 1st, now it's it's pretty much over now. I mean, you hate to look at it. There's 44 games left. So, I mean, things can happen. I understand. But when you look at the talent level, the Brewers would have to really collapse as well as the Cincinnati Reds just play out of their minds, which they kind of sort of have been. I don't know how long they can keep that up, but... Those two things would have to happen, but I will target this. I will target September 1st if it is still at 8. That's where we're at now, 8. And what's the date here? I don't even know, the the 14th? So we're we're smack mid-August right now. So another two weeks or so, maybe a couple of days uh, after that, 16 days or so. If you're still at 8, I I will dub the, the division crown to the Brewers. In the meantime, I'll be guarded about it. I'm not too worried about it, but I'm a little guarded about it. Not much. Not even mildly mildly concerned. But you always have to remind yourself there's 44 games left. So that's that's what I'm saying. So if, if you put a date on it, to me it's September 1st. That's four additional weeks of baseball, although the season does drip into October. But essentially four weeks of baseball where – the next best guy, in this case being the Reds, would have to make up two games a week consecutively for four weeks. I mean, you can make two games up in a week, fine. But can you do it in four consecutive weeks? I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not so sure about that, that part of it. Uh, we'll get to our game recap uh, in just a second. What's that, Sam? Let's go to Ken on the West, on West Bay right. if you want to. Kenny, Kenny, what do you say? You're, you're on the fan. What's happening? Timmy, hold on one second. There we go. Oh, um, my favorite song. And you know what? So I'm going to expound on your point in terms of are the Brewers going to win this division as of this series, not as of September 1st? I'm going to say yes. And you know why? I just opened up a brand-new bottle of Town Branch bourbon Put some rocks in the cup after this win, and I'm celebrating the the victory that is going to continue to carry him with 44 games. And why? There is no team in this division that is going to beat them or come from behind. The Reds are not going to. Nobody is going to. This team right now is just at the cusp of hitting their stride. Mm -hmm. Why? Everybody's back. You can see the confidence in this team. Yeah, they lost 14-4 to today in the first game. You know what? You could just kind of look at the players, and it was, it was kind of a laugh or almost. But they come back tonight with their A team, and what did they do? They put it on them right away. They didn't even mess around. This team is poised for a World Series win. This is not the Ron Renneke team that folded when he had a big lead. This is the Craig Council team and the David Stearns team that continues to move this team forward. This is com- looks like night and day. The best opportunity for this team to win a World Series is this year, and under no uncertain terms, are Stearns and Antonazio and Council going to let that get away from them? We are going to make one more big move, in my opinion. I truly believe there's going to be another pitching move coming. I don't they know who the it would offense. be. Well, hold on. 
Now, you know, Tim, a lot of people always say we never know who it's going to be, right? But they realize, I truly believe that they realize that there's one more guy that they still need, and teams can make trades at any point in time. Offensive, Uh-oh. this team is outstanding, in my opinion. In my opinion. They can hit the ball at will. And well, and, that, at, and that's the thing. Where's the hole in their offense? I mean, I don't see where the hole is. They're tough at bats right now. Now, could some guys go into the tank here in terms of a slump? For sure. They could. But when, when you look at the lineup, if, if Avi's sitting there on a given night at four or five or sometimes six, Omar, same thing. He's hitting three, four, or five. I mean, think about those names right there. Rowdy Telez is, your, is in theory, in your A lineup, your seventh hitter. Seven. But, but that's my point, Tim. So you don't need another bat. But what you do need is to solidify your starting rotation, right? So you I don't at, think so. Yeah, I, 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 I truly do. I truly do. I think that there's going to be one more big bomb coming from Stearns. And remember, I here, and, and, and I just want to say this. There's a lot of players that this team has had, but everybody has said, oh, they got great potential. They got this, they got that. Stearns has unloaded them. I love it. So I truly yeah, well, believe Travis that Shaw. they re- I truly believe that there's one yet to come, and guess what? This team is poised for a World Series win like I've never seen before. I have never been more excited about a baseball team in my life (laughs) as this team. I'm dead serious. dude. Thanks a lot. I got a scoot. Thanks thanks a lot, Kenny. I wish I could join him on cracking that cold one open. Um, But, again, trading deadline is a snap deadline this year. Are no more trades. You're gonna have, you're gonna just have to go off scrap heap, really. Guys giving up. Now again, I I don't know where that's gonna come from. Some say, well, Jake Arrieta, he's out there. Well, I mean, the numbers the numbers are saying that that's probably not a good idea right now. Now, could I see a reliever, a flyer on a reliever? Hell, they just made a trade for Daniel Norris. That dude had a 6 ERA when they acquired him. And it doesn't look like he's changed at all from a 6 ERA. I could see that happening. But, again, if, if you're dealing with games ahead, and you bring up a good point, Kenny, in that uh, they, they felt the pressure in 2011 of the St. Louis Cardinals. They did. The, these guys under, as you said, Adonacio Stearns and Council, down the stretch, they've been consistently better. Now, the one-off would be the 2020 shortened uh, season. Now, they didn't go on this real heavy push and excitement and winning almost every game. And, you know, we remember that, you know, a couple of years ago, this team won 12 consecutive games, eight to end the season or nine to end the season, and then three in the playoffs. That's how rolling hot they were. They, they seemed to get better. So I... That's a great point you bring up. I, I hadn't considered that. All right, we'll get to our game recap in just a bit. But in the standings here, the Brewers still remain eight games over the Cincinnati Reds. And when you think about the two today with the doubleheader, they came in at seven and a half. Had they been swept, I'm just telling you how this can change dramatically. Had they been swept in this doubleheader and the Reds would have won, it would have been at six games. It would have been a six-game lead in the Central. Now, if the reverse happened, if the Brewers had won two and the Reds lost like they did today, it would have been nine games. So the difference there is huge in a, in a one-day swing. Now, again, double, double headers aren't going to happen every day. But the way it, it shook out is both teams lost, and then the Brewers pick up a half game with the victory. They, they reacquired that half game that they lost in yesterday's rainout in which the Reds won. So you're right back to square one, but you're two calendar days through, and you're down to 44 games. Where is that solidified comfort zone with this Brewers lead in the Central? Just to win the division. We didn't talk about uh, moving on and getting into uh, who they play in the NLDS. That's fine, and we will you know, down the line here as uh, we dig into uh, a bigger chunk of August. 
But just in terms of this division, they're up eight games with 44 left. Someone out there is doing the math, Sammy. Someone out there is doing the math, and if the Brewers play 500, the Reds then would have to win, you know, fill in the blank here. And it would be a staggering number. And I'm afraid to even look at that sort of equation because then, you know, it would take away some of the luster a little bit. If someone wants to figure that out, and someone's going to throw that at us pretty quick. But, I mean, with 44 left, the Brewers win 22 of them. They're at 93 victories. They go 500, it's 93 wins. Ain't no way this team is going only 22 and 22 in their final 44. That being said, if they did, the Reds would have to win (laughs) 30 of them, 30 and, and see, I just did the math myself, 30 and 14, assuming they have the exact number, which probably isn't the case, but we'll see 30 and 14. Ah, I don't think that's happening to overtake them, but Where's your comfort zone? 799-1250. We'll hear from Craig Council. Hoping to hear from Aaron Ashby as well. And uh, Jace Peterson on a roll. Uh, We'll tell you what kind of roll coming up in a bit. And also at 10 o'clock, talking some Packers football with the postgame show, Gary Ellerson, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. And we'll get an update on that game as well. It's all on the way. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove after game two of the doubleheader, a six-zip Brewers shutout victory. We'll be right back here on The Fan. Let's hear what you thought of today's game on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. On the fan, call Tim Allen now at 414-799-1250 or tweet the show at 1250AMTheFan. And welcome back. A six-pack. The Brewers put on uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Six-zip the final. Welcome back. And uh, if you want to jump in here, 414-799-1250. A couple of different things about the offense. Is is there really a weakness now that uh, you're getting everybody healthy, everybody back? Now, everybody, and I say everybody, everybody's not swinging the bat like they should. Most are. But we know who we're talking about. That's Christian Yelich. Although, in the last, uh, I would say, three or four games, I think we're seeing a little something there. And I know that sounds trivial. I know it sounds like uh, what you've heard throughout the season here. But I think in in this case, it might be true. Sam, is it me, or does he seem to be squaring the ball up a little bit better? Yeah, I think the timing on the fastball is certainly getting there. It's encouraging, but still, there's a lot of room. Certainly, a lot of room to improve. I actually have his numbers up for his last seven games, if you want. Yeah, what what do you got? Uh, Christian Yelton's last seven games, batting two oh eight with five hits and twenty four at bats, with an on base percentage of two ninety six. Also slugging two oh eight. Okay, but but there's been some rocket outs though. There was a rocket uh, in in the Cubs series to first base. There was a there was a laser beam in game one today. There was a uh, a base hit to center that should have given him uh, an RBI. There was a deep shot to center as well. So you're seeing some loud outs. He is hitting into some bad luck. Now, I, I haven't dug into the metrics on that, but there, there seems to be a little bit better ball in play or at least barrel to the ball. Boy, it's just crazy to think what would happen if he gets it together as a force, as an offensive force, again. Not just regular. And everyone's saying that, uh, you know, boy, if Christian was just a, an average player at this point. It's the 255 or something like that. 10, 12 home runs at this point. How much help he would be for this offense? No, no, no. I, my bar is a little higher than that. I want him to be a force. Because at that point with this pitching, they are the ones to beat. Think about that. They're the ones to beat. 
at least offensively, he's he's getting on base and he's he's they're giving him every opportunity in the world to get out of this thing. But regardless, the offense as a whole, as we talked about after game one, the Tyrone Taylors, even the JBJs, Luis Urias, who is not a lock and load starter anymore, folks. He's not. Jace Peterson, not a lock and load starter. Manny Pena, certainly the same thing. I can't help but think that in terms of the depth of a game or a series, a post-game post or a series, a post-game, uh, post-season series, I, 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 I go crazy thinking about how th- all of these reps are going to help out this team in a couple of those games, a couple of those situations. Maybe not, you know, the walk-off victory of a Tyrone Taylor forced into a pinch hit here, whatever. I'm just saying a, a big two-run double in the, in the sixth inning on a double switch. It's going to help out. Pretty convinced of that. All right, we'll get to our game recap. They win game two, six, zip. Let's get Mike in here. Mike, you're on the fan. What's happening? Where's your, by the way, where's your comfort zone? If it's eight games now, if it's eight games now, and if it were eight games on September, would it make a difference? All right, so let's let's get to our game recap. A six nothing victory for the Brewers, and again, you notice in this uh, game game recap, you you're, you were letting opportunities go by the boards here, and that's what made me a little concerned. But the more you get you get traffic on the base pass, uh, the more you're going to come through. So I I wasn't a hundred percent all down in the dumps. But let's start out the first inning, a one-out base hit by Willie Adamas, followed by a Christian Yelich walk. Table set, line out to right from Avi for the second out. And then, uh, well, by the way, on that, on that play, Adamas didn't move the third. So runners at the corners, two out, one of your most consistent hitters up there in Omar Narvaez, and what happens? Yelich is thrown out trying to steal. So again, those that believe that Christian Yelich is physically hurt, I, I think you got to start laying that to rest. Sam, would you agree with that? Don't we have to start laying that argument to rest? Yeah, it's clearly mental at this point. Yeah. So he's running into into the corner. He's he's making sliding catches. He's stealing bases. He's running hard. He's cutting bases, given the minimal opportunities to do so. Um. But and there again, he's he's caught stealing in the first inning. You know, if you're physical, if there's something wrong with you, your back hurts, your knee hurts, or whatever. There's been a lot of speculation on that by a lot of fans. You're not going to be running around doing all that stuff. You're not. And I don't think that that was the right move right there. You let Omar play that thing out. I'm not a big fan of that right there in the first. We, again, got to remember the situation. You're coming off a 14-4 loss. Let's let's be smart here. One swing gives you a three-zip lead. That didn't happen. As the um, uh, inning ended, on that caught uh, stealing, and I again, I just not much to argue with. But that's one I would. Aaron Ashby, bottom of the first, did give up a hit, but a scoreless inning. Nineteen pitches. That was the issue I had early on with Ashby's outing here. And we're going to hear from Aaron Ashby. We'll hear from Craig Council on his outing. Um, just not being as aggressive, but if you recall the upbringing, the maturation process of both Corbin Burns, oh, well, you can throw in Freddie Peralta on that too, as well as Woody. That was kind of the last thing was, was number one pitch efficiency, but it's married to being a little more aggressive. It's married to uh, trusting your stuff. And I didn't think Aaron Ashby was doing quite quite a bit of that in the first inning. Again, 19 pitches, no runs. Brewers, more traffic in that second inning. Leadoff base hit from Omar Narvaez, wouldn't you figure? Urias then with a fielder's choice for the first out. Jace Peterson then with a base hit to put again two on with the one out uh, for the second consecutive inning. Low cane, inning ending, double play, scoreless, bottom of the second inning. Ashby in the bottom of the second, into and out of trouble. Leadoff base hit, one out later, a base hit to put runners at the corners, but a huge strikeout to Perez, and then he gets the pitcher on a comebacker. 
a scoreless tie into the third inning. See, that's what I wanted to see out of Aaron Ashby here, Sam. It, it wasn't just a, a quick get in, get out sort of uh, issue. I wanted to see him gain some experience here, get himself into some trouble. Not that I wanted that, but it's going to happen. But I wanted to see how he reacts with you know a couple of runners aboard and one out. He passed that test in the second. Oh, absolutely. That's what you want to see from these guys, especially in his you know third outing. He's had a he's had a little bit of time to dip his toes in the MLB experience and all that. But like you said, when he hit when he gets a little bit of adversity, he battled well tonight. I think so. He certainly yeah. got a little bit of a break in one of the outings with uh, the pitcher in the final out of the inning. But hey, we'll take it. Yeah, no, yeah, it, it lined up there where he got you know he struck out the eight hitter who was like a buck fifty hitter, and then got uh, got the pitcher as you said on on a little bounce, but. I mean, you have to you have to credit that. Now again, the pitch count, little bit of an issue there through two. Brewers uh, did in the third inning another little bit of a threat, two out double by Willie Adamas, almost took it out. Next pitch, Christian Yelich base hit to center. Reynolds, that dude, uh, throws out Adamas trying to score from second. It stays scoreless into the bottom of the third inning. Ashby, thirty nine pitches through the first two innings of work. However, here's what I loved in the performance. The third inning here, he got a little more aggressive. It was the top of their lineup. Uh, It was an 11-pitch inning for Ashby in that third. 50 pitches through the three innings, and that settled that pitch count down right there. Brewers offense finally break through in the fourth inning. Leadoff base hit by Avi Garcia, part of a multi-hit game for him. Omar almost takes it out. Avi had to hold. It goes as a single, so first and second with nobody out this time. Urias, a shallow fly to center. Everyone holds right there, and it sets up on base. Jace Peterson. 3-2 pitch. Peterson, a base hit into right center field. Avi rounding third. He's heading home. Here's the throw into second as the Brewers break through. RBI single for Chase Peterson, the first run of the game. There it was on Bally Sports Wisconsin. Lorenzo Kane then was at the plate. He had hit into a double play uh, earlier in the ball game. Now there's something to be said about getting the ball in play, and it looked like it was going to be a second consecutive double play ground ball from Lorenzo Kane, but not so as he was hustling out of the box. Here's the one, two. The bouncing ball is second. This has two written all over. Oh, get it there. Kane. That got the Brewers a run. Lorenzo Kane busting it up the line. They get just the one out. Pirates will take a look. Should never say has two written all over with Lorenzo Cain's running. <laughs> there's, there's Matt LePay. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, again, those longtime listeners of this show, I have zero excuse um, for, for not running a ball out. I, I, as a player, you have no excuse for not running a ball out, including a pop fly, including a ground ball that you think is a double play especially with a runner at third base. Guys, here's the deal. You never know when there's going to be a hesitation, a slight bobble, uh, a, a, a hard slide into second, an, uh, a slow pivot, a slow feed. All of those things come into play when there's a man on third and just one out, man on first and third, I should say, and just one out, and you think you hit into a double play. That hustle right there from Lorenzo Kane netted the Brewers a run. There's no question about that. That's, that's the thing. Effort and attitude, those are the two things. Lorenzo Cain, that was a classic example right there. Two zip Brewers in the fourth uh, as we move to the bottom. Aaron Ashby, a shutdown inning after the Brewers took that lead in the top half. Uh, one, two, three on eight pitches. 58 in the performance through four scoreless for Aaron Ashby, and that was huge to see. So you had you had in and out of trouble in the first couple of innings, high pitch count, but then you had the adjustment by Ashby, and, and he goes a minimal pitch count, gets a little more aggressive, gets some balls in play, letting your defense play. That was sweet to see. Brewers in the fifth inning, leadoff base hit by Colton Wong. 
after an Adama strikeout. Uh, Shelton goes to grab Keller, and uh, he's going to put in Banda, former Brewer farmhand, uh, the lefty to go after Christian Yelich. Gets him to fly out to center for the second out. Uh, hit pretty well. Avi then works a walk. Two on, two out for Omar Narvaez. Mm, flies out to end it, and you're just sitting there precarious, precariously at uh, just a two-run lead. Boxberger out of the pen for the bottom of the fifth inning. Couple of punch outs. Did walk a man. No hits, no runs. That's the most important thing into the sixth inning. And the Brewers tack on some insurance. A one out walk to on base Jace. Then a pop up by Lorenzo Kane. Now the fielders collide. Kane reaches, was not hustling out of the box. Now, Sammy, I don't know how you watched that play, but it it looked as if Lorenzo was given up on the play, okay? Uh, Unlike his previous at-bat, where I I just talked him up for hustling. But I will say this, and and this may not be a a proper excuse, with the the pop-up like that, where was he going to go? I mean, Avi had to hold on that that play, or else he was going to get doubled off if that ball is caught. So I guess... I guess you could say he didn't hustle, but, you know, again, how did you see that play? I was kind of surprised, too, when the ball did drop in fair territory. I was thinking, oh, man, they could, you know, if, if they were running the entire time, they could have scored easily. But at the same time, I think it's better safe than sorry at that moment that, you know, with the with the, with it landing in fair territory. Yeah, and Avi couldn't go all out. He couldn't round second and just say that that ball is going to be foul or dropped. I mean, he had to play it safe. So you go, you know, halfway, maybe a little little bit toward three quarters, you're going to have to hold there to see what happens on that ball. That being said, if Lorenzo Cain is busting, you know, where's he going to go? But again, I, I don't know. That one's a tough one for me. They were all giving him grief. They were all laughing about it. So maybe that's what they were laughing about right there. So that put runners at first and second with one out in that sixth inning. Rowdy Telez to pinch hit in the pitcher's spot. And during the sequence, there's a snap throw to first. It gets by the first baseman, and the Brewers get a freebie. Coming over from Toronto, and a snap throw, and that gets through. It's through. Nagowski, Peterson rounds third. He's heading home, and the throw, not in time. Jace Peterson scores as the Brewers capitalize on another defensive mistake. Yeah, we'll take that. Matt LePay on Bally Sports Wisconsin. They're up three zip. All right, so Rowdy's still up there. Uh, I want you to listen real close. Now, this is not a home game. This is in Pittsburgh. Rowdy Telez hits a mammoth home run, but listen to the crowd behind it after the call. And Telez drills one. Deep right field. A no-doubter over everything. River shot. Ferrari Telez in the sixth. Oh, the big man got absolutely all of it. A 2 2 pitch. He drops one into the Allegheny. My goodness, that ball was crushed. <laughs> that is crazy. The rowdy chance in Pittsburgh. Wow. Uh, amazing. Devin Williams in the pitch, the bottom of the sixth inning, allowed a scratch single, but that uh, changeup was dancing for Devin. And Avi makes it a cool, cold six-pack in the seventh. Garcia well struck. Left field and gone. Avisail Garcia has established a single-season career high with his 21st home run of the year. A little icy on the cake for the Brewers. Yeah, a little little cherry on top right there. Six-pack, zip. The Brewers win as Hunter Strickland nails down the seventh inning. Brewers now 71-47 and here in the 21 championship season. 414-799-1250 if you want to jump in here. Uh, we will uh, get your reaction here. Uh, we're going to hear from Craig Council. Tonight's starter, Aaron Ashby. And you know what? The official scores, I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? I have a major beef on on these seven-inning uh, doubleheader games. I, I just, 
I can't quite understand them. But I'm also going to hear from Jace Peterson. That's all coming up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove here on The Fan. What was the deal with the lineup? Why did he make that bullpen move? Why did he pinch hit with that guy? Time to get all of those questions answered and more with Scoop from the Skipper. Brought to you by Schulze Family Beef. Treat your grill to quality pasture-raised beef from their family farm. Just go to SchulzeFamilyBeef.com. This is the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show. Driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On the fan. Craig, um, how, how impressed were you by Aaron Ashby tonight and just what he was able to give you, the poise he was able to uh, exhibit out there? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think he was going to do that, do that in the Chicago start. Um, you know, it was very good. His stuff, his stuff works, you know. I mean, I think he's just the last two times he's been out there, he's been in the strike zone consistently, um, and his stuff works in the strike zone. Um, so, that's what we that's what we've seen and um I think if he continues to do that he's going to get big league hitters out did you feel like that that second point or that second inning was a little bit of a turning point for him um you know a couple guys on there throws a really nice sinker to strike out Perez and then he made that nice play on that chopper off the plate uh it, it was not an easy play it didn't look like yeah I mean I he he, he made a great play I mean I, I don't know if it's a turning point he threw the ball well that inning um you know, they, they got some runners, but he threw the ball well. So, I mean, I, more than anything, it was a big play. It was just a really nice play, difficult. Uh, they have the, the mount, the, the gr- ground in front of home plate is very hard. You know, that, that ball, that's a weird, you don't see those balls hit like that in big league games very often. So, um, but he, he kept his poise and made a good throw over the runner. Greg, a lot of people are going to talk about the home runs that were were hit later in this game, but how about the the second and third runs you guys score with Locaine beating out that uh, would-be double play to get a run for you, and then Peterson scoring all the way from second base on that on that Aaron throw. How how big in those situations is that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the guy I'd point out here is Jace Peterson, man. He had a heck of a game again, and he, he's been swinging the bat really well. That The base running play, you know, on the Aaron pickoff throw was – that, that's just great base running, um, kind of going full out of and, and scoring from second there. So Jace is, Jace is playing very good baseball, man, and he, he does it in different positions. He affects the game in, on the bases. He gets on base a ton. He, he gets hits. Um, you know, he's a good all-around baseball player, man, and he's, he's having a tremendous season for us. And one of those guys, when you have years like this, that maybe you didn't expect to contribute like he did, but um, – is, is making a major contribution to us. Does playing uh, different spots, Craig, for him, you know, given that extra juice or, I mean, I, I know you did that and stuff in your career, but is, is that part of his success right now? Yeah, it, it makes him really valuable. I mean, I, and I think it gets him in the lineup. You fight, it's, you know, you start when you're looking for ways to get a player that's swinging the bat really well in the lineup, when he plays multiple positions, it, it gets a little easier. Um, and so we've, we've been able to do that a little bit recently here with Jason, get him going again. Uh, you know, he had, he, unfortunately he had to s- sit out for that week and then he, he was really playing very well. And, and then, um, you know, it took him a couple at bats to get going, but, but we got him going again, which is, which is a really good thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, he he does so much, and that's 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 his value. There's a lot. He does a lot of things well, and you can always find a spot for a guy like that. Craig, you manage a lot of games here now over the years. Uh, do you remember a homer longer hit or harder hit than the one that uh, Rowdy hit there? Um, I didn't. I didn't really see where it landed, so I didn't. I don't. I wouldn't be the one to ask on that. Sorry. Over the bleachers, at I one hopped into the river. Good. Yeah, that's that's feels long. Yeah. Do you um do you have a starter for tomorrow now? Yeah, Eric Lauer is going to start tomorrow. Anybody else? Hey, Craig. Um, just another question on Aaron. Um, just as your rotation, I guess, becomes more available, and um, with the way he's throwing, 
Uh, could you be somebody that maybe we see factor into the bullpen after this for you guys? I mean, yeah, I, I like Aaron getting outs. If he can get outs, he can help us for sure. So um, I think we're, of course, open to that. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully we get we get healthy or healthier in, in the rotation. It, it's on our we're on our way to that. Um, but I do think there's a role for Aaron here. We'll have to, um, you know, if we have, you know, the six guys back, you know, they're they're gonna they they've I think earned the earned the ability to start. I think we've toyed around a little bit with Adrian and Eric um, in the bullpen and some tandems and things like that. So that's that's on the table as well. Um, but you know, if you get, you get the hitters out, we're going to try to find a spot for you. I think that's logical. Find out the play of the game brought to you by ABC audio video, home entertainment and smart home technology, simply done right. Check them out at abcaudiovideo.com on the Pella windows and doors of Wisconsin post game show driven by the legendary great lakes Dragway in union Grove on the fan. And there was Craig Council after the Brewers' six-zip game two of the doubleheader victory here and uh, talking uh, about a couple of things here. One would be uh, Aaron Ashby and how – that's a great question. Was that uh, was that Salmon? Who was that that asked that question? Yeah, Just Will a, Salmon. Will Salmon asked that, that. That's a great question right there. And it's, I think, a very fair question because when you look at uh, the bullpen as a whole – I think that Daniel Norris would come to mind a little bit. I know he's on the IL now, but Angel Perdomo would come to mind a little bit. I mean, possibly even taking the role of a long man to me would, would be the best fit for him. If you do get a short start as, as of right now, it's sort of a a long man by committee, but I, I guess it defaults a little bit to Brent Suter. When you think about Brent, though, getting a little more high leverage, which he has been, and I think he's earned that, maybe it is Aaron Ashby as, as that middle guy. So let's, let's just keep our eyes on that. If I'm Daniel Norris, I'm a little nervous right now. It would be, would be what I'd have to say about that. Then the other thing uh, Craig talked about was Jace Peterson. And Jace Peterson, uh, this dude's now hitting 273. His on base is, is really right there at you know four hundred three ninety three ish. Um, what'd you say his OPS was eight thirty eight thirty three. I mean that's that's just crazy. Now this is all in a hundred and fifty at bats. The plate appearances are going to be a little bit more than that, but the ABs at hundred and fifty. That's no small sample size. I think Jace Peterson is a huge part of this team and. You know, I didn't think he was this type of player. Did I, I believe that, you know, possibly the, the organization did. But a lot of us lumped him into that Daniel Robertson, Pablo Reyes sort of category, and I probably was one of them. He's really proven it to me, Jace Peterson. It, it, it is, uh, he's, he's a baseball purist kind of player. It just does everything, anything you want him to do. Plays multiple positions, played three different positions in game one. Um, but can come up with a big A-B for you, can can draw a walk when you really need base runners. He ran the bases well. He's just a really good all-around baseball player, and that's that can, uh, that can only mean good things for the super sub, if that's what we can call him, for sure. All right, so we get to our ABC audio video uh, play of the game here in a Brewers six zip victory. You know they're looking for the knockout blow, and they're they're up three zip, and that can be a little tenuous at times. You know someone has a little bit of a bad go, a couple of bad bounces, some soft contact with this Pittsburgh Pirates offense that can happen, and it can get you, and it can snowball quick. So you need a little breathing room. They call it insurance runs, but. Again, you just got to love on the road in Pittsburgh, the rowdy chance after Rowdy Telez hits a big bomb. And Telez drills one deep right field, a no-doubter over everything. River shot for Rowdy Telez in the sixth. Well, the big man got absolutely all of it. A 2-2 pitch, he drops one into the Allegheny. 
My goodness, that ball is crushed. <laughs> it's just crazy to hear those chants, and I can't repeat it enough. And you're probably going to, as long as Rowdy continues to do this sort of thing, I, I'm just, we're still going to bring it up. It's it just so reminiscent of Bobby Portis, isn't it? Just, just hero status for, for no other reason because it's a special year and he's performing. Just you know, the unlikely guy that was nowhere to be seen here as this uh, season got underway. And as the season moved along, you know, you're getting some trades and Escobar and you're looking at the uh, John Curtis and Daniel Norris trades and you're looking at certainly the Willie Adamas trade and then all of a sudden this Rowdy Telez trade and you think, well, who's Rowdy? Maybe they're just, he's got an option left. They're just biding time because that's what, that's what everyone thought this was. Maybe that's what the organization thought it was, was a Band-Aid to put on to wait Vogelback and or Travis Shaw out. Well, now it's, it's too tough. Now it's too tough not to play him. And you got something cooking here. And it just reminds me of the, the Bucks run and, and Bobby Portis. It really does. Uh, before we hit a break, we're going to hear from uh, Aaron Ashby uh, and also Jace Peterson. Uh, we will go to Rick. Hey, Rick, you're on the postgame show. What's going on? Tim, it's been a long time. Listen, Mark DeRosa uh, yes. is on MLB Central, which I think is probably the best show mm-hmm. on, that, on that channel. He does these deep, uh, DeRosa deep dives where he analyzes these Different players, there would be pitchers, hitters. He hit a side-by-side with Bellinger and Yelich. Mm-hmm. Bellinger is starting to hit now. He's got his swing back. And he is not um, – Yelich is not using his left side at all. It's breaking down way too quick. You need to see that. It's hard for me to explain. Okay. But, but okay. it was exceptional. In fact, he did another one with uh, Mike Lowell today about the same thing. And he really went into more detail. So I'll let you go. Thank you. Okay, yeah, you know what, Sammy, we need to kind of take take a peek at that at that side by side because, you know, again, uh, I what I see from Yelich uh, is, I think there's although recently maybe a little bit better contact. Okay, fair enough, but overall throughout this funk that he's been in here for the last you know year and a half or whatever it is, I just see so many. Um, I don't know, just little little dinkers here and there. You know, aren't you seeing the same thing, Sam? I've never we haven't seen that in eighteen and nineteen from Christian Yelich. When he fouls one off, it's either at that time, it was either straight back or down the line somewhere. These days, when he's fouling it, it's it's straight down into the dirt. It's getting a little piece of it off to the left side. It's a little late on a on a fastball. It's it's uh, swinging over the top of of breaking balls, but when he does make contact, it's just soft contact. It's just sliver of contacts here. That to me is the biggest thing that I've noticed. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think the thing I'm going to keep my eye on. I'm not a really big fan of this, but it certainly does help you give a you know a gauge on how hard these guys are hitting it. Is I'm going to take a look at his exit velocity these next couple of weeks because mm-hmm. if we start getting like 119 is just Shohei Otani level. If we get up to you know about 100, 105, that's really encouraging. And you're right. I mean his contact rate right now, it's getting better, but it's not hard contact. That's the thing. It's it's not. And and that you know just the rollovers uh, to the right side aren't even scalded as a whole. Now again, you're right. As of late, it's been a little bit better. But even the rollovers where you're just, you know, you, you, you just, that's, that's common with, with those hitters. Well, any hitter, really. You just, it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't care who you are. You're going to roll over on one. But even those are much softer than we're normally seeing. I mean, I don't mind if you're going to, uh, you know, hit the ball on the ground to the right side, but square it up, man. That's what he did in 18 and 19. We're not seeing that. Uh, all right, Rick, thanks. Thanks for the heads up. We'll, we'll take a gander in the, into that. All right, Jace Peterson, Aaron Ashby, uh, two of the heroes in today's victory, at least in game two they were, as the Brewers take game two of the double dip and go back to eight games over the Cincinnati Reds, 71-47 and 47 on the 21 championship season. Stick around. More to get to and Packers football conversation at the top of the hour here on The Fan.
Let's find out what happened in today's game from the guys that played it. Let's head inside the clubhouse presented by Windows Select. Right now, buy one, get one free. Plus, no payments for an entire year. Call them today at 262-703-3500. Brewers split the doubleheader. We'll focus on game number two as they uh, shut out the Pittsburgh Pirates. Six-zip the final and go back to that high water mark above 571 and 47. 24 games over 500. Eight games up in the Central. And tonight's uh, starter, here's the problem in these seven-inning uh, doubleheaders. You know, uh, it's not acknowledge uh, Baumgartner's no-hitter. That's pathetic. That, that really is pathetic. You guys, as, as Major League Baseball, decided on this. And then you're not going to give him an official no-hitter? Are you kidding me? All right, that's number one. But number two, what does a starting pitcher have to do in a nine-inning game? He's got to get through five to be credited with the win. Seven-inning game, the dude pitches four scoreless, Brad Boxberger pitches a scoreless inning, gets three outs, and walks a man. And he gets the victory. This guy leaves the game with the lead, pitches four scoreless, and because it's seven innings, he doesn't get the victory. That's, that's nonsense. It really is. It's dumb. It's really, I don't know who came up with that, but whoever you are, it's dumb. Uh, Aaron Aspie, you deserve better. Uh, let's let's hear from the Brewers left-hander. A nice performance, a uh, little bit high on the pitch count, a little more aggressive and low on the pitch count as the uh, outing moved along. Here's Aaron Ashby. Hey, Aaron. How good did it feel to just have a kind of a quote-unquote normal start there, to be able to go four innings and just settle in for the first time, really? Yeah, it was awesome. You know, um, I thought it went really well. Um was efficient in the strike zone and um, it was good good to be out there and have, like you said, a normalish start. What did you think uh, was working the best for you tonight, Aaron? Your, your pitch uh, you know, out of your repertoire, what, what were you throwing the best? Um, probably the changeup. I think the changeup kind of got me back in the zone a few times when I got out of there and um, was able to get some soft contact um, early in counts and get some ground balls with the changeup. I think that was the uh, pitch that was working the best for me tonight. Aaron, how important is that to get uh, to get your your off speed uh, in command, especially uh, you know first first round through game one? You know the Pirates uh, the Pirates did a number on the fastball, and I know you wanted to kind of avoid that in game two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's something I always try to do is be you know in the zone and get ahead um, with my off speed stuff. You know, if you're gonna if you if you're able to do that, you're going to be successful, and um, it's something I put a lot of um, you know um time time on or what you know whatever so yeah Aaron, you'll have to forgive us when there's a fireworks thing going on out here so <laughs> I, I was wondering i'm like what is going on <laughs> ridiculous um, did you have any any sort of uh framework as far as like number of pitches they were looking for uh out of you today or innings pitched or was it just kind of like see how the game went See, see how the game goes, um, you know, pitch, pitch as long as you can, you know, obviously given the situation, we got three guys in the bullpen there who are really, um, really good late in the game. So uh, it's time to turn it over to them. And that's, that's what we did. So yeah, it's good. Hey, Aaron, can you talk a little bit about uh, Jace Peterson? I know you guys have spent some time together uh, in the minors and, and here on the big league level right now, but uh Today, you know, he played shortstop, pitched in, in game one, and uh, he's been hitting a cover off the ball that's been a heck of a road trip for him. Uh, just your thoughts on what kind of gro uh, groove he's in right now. Yeah, Jace is awesome. He's he's one of the guys that has kind of taken me under his wing. Um, I know in, when he was down there for a couple stints in AAA, he's always that guy that you could look up to. Um, Jace is an awesome guy. Um, happy to see him doing well right now. And, uh, yeah, he's he's an awesome guy, awesome guy. How about your perspective on uh, Rowdy's uh, home run that actually left the ballpark? What's that like <laughs> to watch from a player's perspective? Yeah, that was unbelievable. When he hit the ball, um, you knew right away is is gone. I didn't know he was going to leave the park. Um, I was actually sitting down with him after he hit it. I was like, "Is that that's the furthest ball like you've hit here, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's probably the uh, <laughs> the furthest ball I've hit here." But um, yeah, he, he's an awesome guy too. Another another great guy. 
Yeah, Aaron Ashby's got to be having fun with this crew for sure. Part of the reason Jace Peterson, man, he has been impressive. And a lot of people were wrong. I was uh, probably in that category of lumping him in with these Daniel Robertsons. But, man, he's been something special. Here's Jace Peterson after the win. Hey, Jace, uh, Aaron Ashby is a pretty highly touted guy in the system. And, you, you know, you saw him some down in Nashville as well. Um, what did you think his performance today overall? Exactly what we needed. Um, you know, he was throwing strikes, a lot of movement on that sinker. Um, he's, a, he's a good pitcher. And I think that um, every outing he's getting a little bit better, um, which is what you want to see. And he has fun. He's he's very under control. Um, you can tell that it's not too big for him. I think it was kind of a good and bad thing, the, the way the first outing went for him, because he could learn right away. And um, I think every outing he's getting better and it's um could be really big down the stretch for us it's looking really good mentally to be able for you guys to be able to turn around after that game one performance and play the way you guys did in the in the second game i mean that, that that's just kind of called being a professional isn't it being able to turn the page quickly and take care of business at in that moment for sure that's the beauty of baseball you know you get to come back and, and play each day and and Today, it happened to be the same day. We got to come back and, and be able to get back on the field and try to get a win. And I feel like that's signs of good teams. You know, you can put put the bad ones behind you and come out and get a win the next game. So definitely big. The, the pitching staff did phenomenal, exactly what we needed. They kept them out of the game, and we were able to score some runs. And it was a big win for sure. Jace, you're in a, a offensive groove right now on this road trip. You're nine for your last 11. Uh, what, what's the approach? What, what's this uh, trip been like uh, at the plate for you so far? You know, just just staying with my game plan, continuing to get my work. And my role on this team is to be ready when someone goes down and to come in and pitch it and when guys need a day to go in and play. And for me, I'm just trying to stay ready. And when I get out there, compete, go pitch by pitch at bat by at bat. And, um, you know, just just – trust the work that I'm putting in and just continue to go out there and battle. And and when it's like this, it's fun. That's no doubt. Um, but you know, each day is a new day. You got to come out and, and keep going and continue to, to push each day. What, what's, what was this day like for you though? You, you come in off the bench in game one uh, at shortstop, then you end up pitching to, to close things out for your side anyway. Um, I know you don't get a chance to do that very often. And then uh, you have a good day at the plate in game two. Uh, just tell us, I, I guess, first and foremost, what it was like in game one for you, too. You know, just staying ready. You know, for me, truly, it doesn't matter where, where I'm at. Um, I came at, to to be comfortable in that role, and wherever I need to go play, that's where I'm going to go play. Um, but that's baseball for you. You never know where you're going to be, and you never know what game, which game is going to be like that one. And baseball throws crazy things at you and you see stuff that you don't get to see on a daily daily basis and you just got to be ready for whatever it is but for me it was not the best situation obviously when a position player takes the mound but um you know went out there and tried to get some outs and um it was fun I guess for, for the circumstances to get out there and throw throw some from the bump yeah baseball throws you some crazy stuff no Jace uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say this I'm gonna amend that comment to Craig Council throws you crazy stuff <laughs> that's what that is 44 games remaining here in the 21 championship season and i believe that jace peterson is going to play a big role in quite a few of those all right uh the brewers do split the double header now they do have some uh, lifting to do tomorrow and that is a victory to take the series so that's a, a decent sized game uh tomorrow eric lauer on the hill for the brewers says uh We've got a 12.05 first pitch, and after the last pitch, you make the switch right here. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Up next, well, that this is getting underway too. The uh, 21 championship season for the Green Bay Packers and uh, Gary Ellerson, Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer in to talk Packers football. What's the score of that game? Sam, you got an update? Uh, unfortunately for the Packers, it is 26-7, Houston Texans, and the Texans Ooh, just intercepted Kurt Benkert. Oh, ouch. So, uh, Gary and Sparky will break all of that down with Sam Schmitz as uh, you guys talk about some Green Bay Packers football. That's cool. We'll talk some Brewers baseball tomorrow afternoon, somewhere around 3, 3.30. 
uh, join us as we hopefully talk about a series victory. For Sam Schmitz, my name is Tim Allen. You guys have a great night. See you tomorrow. And smile, Milwaukee. The world will smile back. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.